Hello, Mech Warriors, and welcome to the Mech Bay, where we fix your mech and fix your game. What's going on, Mech Warriors? I'm your host, Josh. I've got my co-host, Loremaster Denim, and Paint Lord Dustin with me today. And we are the Mech Bay Podcast, your number one source for all things casual to competitive battle tech. And today, we are reporting on the weather, because, quote, not every planet is a monobiome like Hoth or Tatooine. Coruscant, whose biome is city. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I'm not fond of monobiome planets. <laughs> oh, come on. You know that Battletech only has the planets that it makes maps for. It's a little base. We've got grasslands. We've got, I, I actually don't desert. know any of the other names. Yeah. Desert. Yeah, desert. Yeah, we do have desert. Desert. Yeah. There's Savannah. canyons. We got some savannas. Canyons. Yeah, yeah we got canyons. canyons. Yeah. Alien planet or something like that. Yeah. Crystals. Crystals. Acid pools. We got all kinds yeah. of stuff. But let's get into some Battletech news. So the first major thing is the pledge manager is finally closed. For real. Not for It's pretend. over. For real this time. Or so they say. I mean, they did just charge all of our cards again. So I would really hope it's over now. Charged. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the only problem now is nobody knows what we ordered back then. Yes. Sure. I've kind of forgotten about them. But uh, I'll, we're yeah. excited when they when it arrives. And I'll regret it when everybody gets their cool new plastic. But yeah, you will. Give me another six months and I'll have it and I'll be fine. <laughs> I did not end up springing for the $200 book. I did not. Mm. I thought about it. For a long time. It'd be cool to have a book that every time you open it, it goes through the the, the Bitch and Betty startup sequence. But I... Wait, what? what? Yeah, really? Did you not see the video? Yeah, yeah. No. You open up the book and it is, does Reactor, Reactor online. online. Yeah. But hold, hold on. Every I feel like people have really strong opinions on which Bitch and Betty is. Because for me, oh, it is Mech Warrior 2. They specifically said it was Mech Warrior 2. Oh, this is the best yeah. one. Is it not the best one? Yeah, I, I, a lot of people think so. So that's the one that, that it's from. <laughs> yeah, now you regret it. Now he regrets it. <laughs> For our not Catalyst news, but also major Battletech news, PGI released their teaser trailer for MechWarrior 5 Clans, where we are all apparently smoke jaguars. Yep, but uh, yeah, because I mean, everything had promised the clans. Uh, HBS Battletech said that they were going to do a clan thing. Um, Mech Warrior 5, they talked about it too, so nobody Wait, believed H- it would happen. HBS Battletech said they were going to do a clan oh, thing. When they first started, yeah, they were talking oh. about, uh, they were trying to decide whether it was going to be a DLC clan invasion or or an HBS Battletech 2 um, story with the clans, but uh, it just it just never it never panned out, but it didn't matter because so many people made made uh, really cool fan mods and stuff that uh, that they did a, a more thorough job than than HBS was going to end up doing anyway. It's sad. I would have liked to have seen an official one. Maybe it'll come to us one day. Well, the MechWarrior Five one did, and it's got the best of all clans: Smoke Jags. Smoke Jags. That's right. So this is the opposite of. MechWarrior 3? Yeah. The MechWarrior <laughs> 3 was the... They, they were the bad guys in there, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you get to play the good guys. That's right. <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, yeah. it's it's going to be fun. I'm I, I There's so much Wolf and, and Jade Falcon stuff out there, and even Ghost Bear. It's, it's nice to 
be a player as the smoke Jaguars go through the, the Sibco and stuff. It's going to be, yeah, cool. I have really high hopes because the storytelling was such a weak point on, Mer- um, you know, mech warrior five mercs mercs, um, which is understandable because you can get your procedural stuff and you can, you can make your little game loop and you can fire it off into the sunset. Um, but I do want, I want that story. And if you're, you can't play mercenaries cause you're playing smoke Jags. So I have a feeling, I have a hope that we're going to get some, a good story, maybe some character development, maybe something other than, um, strange people killed my dad and I have to avenge him. <laughs> if somebody killed your dad, you're not really a smoke Jaguar, are you? Yeah. Right. Uh, what? Oh <laughs> and they killed your dad. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> now I heard some speculation that this was, um, they weren't really ready to announce this and that it got leaked. Oh, it or got something. leaked. A hundred percent. It got leaked. Yeah. Oh, That's okay. why it's not coming out until like sometime in 2024. It's That's got okay. such a long release window now because it got leaked. Oh, I mean, yeah, we, we all knew it was coming. So we all hoped it was what you're telling me. PGI would only use half the models they made for MechWare online in games and save the others for, you know, nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's true, too, too, because HBS uses those assets. So now I don't want to say it's free real estate, but yeah, <laughs> hey guys, you can check that one off on your bingo card. <laughs> I'm glad that they say it will be more narratively focused than MechWarrior Five, so less procedural yeah. stuff. Should be good. I'm excited. Yep, I'm start excited. up a new campaign. Play with the game is fun. It was never not fun. So. Hey, we're I, getting I, the, I, the Draconis Combine expansion soon now. Nah, Did that just come I, out or is it just about to come out? Hey, I, I like Draconis Combine. I like Smoke Jaguars. I'm I'm excited about both of these. All I know is about once a month, my brother calls me up and says, like, you want to play MechWarrior 5? And we all drop an assault mechs and blow things up for about 45 minutes. And it's a fun 45 minutes. It is. It is indeed. I take that Night Star. I see how many headcaps I can get. He takes an annihilator. <laughs> same, same. Yep. So, in any case, uh, got any new, any other news? No, that's it for news. But let's move on to some hobby progress. I went to Fortress Miniatures and Games and picked up some of my first VTOLs. I picked up a Sprint VTOL, a Pinto VTOL, and some VTOL infantry because I guess I just like VTOLs. I also picked up some of their 6mm and 10mm Mech Bay crews from Baffo Miniatures. We got to do a Bay 3 diorama with the, with the, you know, all the things coming out of the, out of the vents, Adam. My one critique is I love the sculpts, but the packaging was just pretty awful. Like, the models are pretty brittle, and there's just no insulation in the bag from the manufacturer to, like, stop breakage. So I had, like, a couple of the light sticks come off, and I've seen pictures of people that were pretty much just destroyed in the bag. Any amount of of impact. At that scale, yeah, it's pretty tough to glue that stuff back together. So, (gasps) it's me. Uh, So I very diligently and slowly and dutifully painted my infinity. So I started an infinity army like two years ago. Um, 
And then since we've recorded last, I bought like 25 miniatures for a new army. And so I painted one model for that. So I mostly worked on the um, tag. I don't know what that stands for, but it's the big robot. And that's, that's basically, that was my hobby progress. So my new, 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 new schedule is leaves me some free time in the morning so I can get about 30 to 45 minutes of painting time in. And if I spread that out over the week, I can get something painted. Nice. So that was, yeah. So mostly buying, assembling and painting, uh, the shakush. Those who know, know. um, yeah. And you can check that out on our discord. So that was my, yeah. Was, I used to have a kush ball. Yeah. A kush ball. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. That was my hobby progress this week. Uh, did I do anything else? No, nah, I was mostly uh, trying to wrap up the book club book and getting that thing painted up. So I did practice a little, a little for what I plan on bringing to Southern Assault. So it was in spirit related to BattleTech, kind of, not really. <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what about you, Denim? Well, it is October, and um, I was chatting with our friends over at BungleTech, and they they like the initiative deck. Like they like to play the initiative deck as it's actually meant to be played. Not as I use it as just a cool battle tech themed deck of cards, but they actually use all those, those modifiers and stuff on there. So what they have done is they have created a black Marauder initiative deck to go with it. Um, it has, it's got this really cool Eldric horror theme going on. Uh, so one player plays, plays uh, the black marauder and the other player or team has a has a lance or star of mechs that are that are hunting it down um and it since it has its own initiative deck it's super powerful it's scary it's it definitely gives it a good halloween vibe like if you like cthulhu it's it's got that feel to it in my opinion um so i was i was helping I was helping with that mostly just, just like, um, uh, you know, uh, looking for editing problems, looking for, for, you know, just, just a little bit. Yeah. Quality control type stuff. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. I'm definitely going to be running that during our, our, um, October, uh, events just to, just to get into the, into the Halloween spirit. So look for that over, over at my, uh, my hobby store. I also for hobby progress because it, it's got a count. I've been working on my on my Beck Warrior Halloween costume because, uh, like for our campaign day uh, in October, I'll absolutely be coming dressed up as uh, as my favorite Mech Warrior. Oh man, so, are you to see that, <laughs> Dustin? What's your favorite Mech Warrior? I don't know. It's the guy with the bucket on his head from 1983. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I won't have that. Uh, it's more of the mech warrior out of the cockpit look I'm going for. I'm not going to be yeah. showing up in my like like tidy whities with a with a bucket on my head. Uh, as no funny Lori as Calmar that would be, we, we established this. Be... We spent an entire day going over <laughs> mech warriors wear more than that, and it was just like one dude who didn't wear you know clothes <laughs> in the cockpit, and everyone was like, "Oh man, that person's really good." Yeah. I guess guess going no, nude I, in the I, cockpit's just how I win now. I will be dressed up as as a mech warrior RPG player who who is in his like like favorite bar on Solaris type nice. of thing. All so, right, awesome. I'll try to catch that. That sounds like fun. All right, we want to get in some games played. 
Yeah. I got games played. You got games played? Oh, I got games played. I was only here for, you know, a couple days before I left, but even I got games then. Nice. Uh, I got to play the winner of the Nova Open Battletech, uh, Jeff, in a Nomex 5K Classic game. And this is, yeah, Classic. This is in an Alpha Strike. So how'd that go? It went good. We used the new Gale Force 9 uh, City Tech, Hex Tech terrain, like the pre-made ones. Yeah. That would that would work well for vehicles. Yeah. It would. And I was like, oh, man, I really want to try this brand new terrain out with vehicles. So I took a Antos, a Pegasus, a Bola Stealth Tank, and just like an APC and some infantry. Yeah, so he took two DCMS uh, hover tanks, a demolisher, and some like clan. Not el- they're the medium ones. That's right. They're not elementals. They're medium elementals, like the weird dark elemental threes. No, there's there's no like, like exoskeleton type God. things, but but slightly more than. If if you search like clan battle armor, there's clan medium battle armor, and that is its uh. own suit. Okay, and then he had some regular like clan imagery thrown in there as well so it was a good game uh we learned quite quickly that you know shooting cluster weapons at vehicles just blows whatever's yeah treads wheels skirts right vehicles in my opinion it's not it's not how much you hit them for it's how often you hit them is what does the the real damage and most of my stuff was like all right, this tank has a Gauss rifle, and this one has a light Gauss rifle, and then the Antos is you know, medium laser funness. Uh, his was like, I've got two SRM4s, two SRM4s, and like he, 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 this wasn't like him tweaking his list. Yeah, no, this was like, oh, I just took this, and I didn't think that this would be that effective. I was like, yes, you roll per per weapon, or not per weapon, per right. hit. So per hit, per hit. It's a lot of rolling vehicles. Yeah, vehicles bring a lot of rolling. Yeah, I I really actually I really like how Alpha Strike does it, um, where you're only rolling once, like kind of per unit mm. that smacks your vehicle around. I like that too. Like that. Yeah, that, that <laughs> it, felt like nice okay. That is how I would like. <laughs> I, I like this in Alpha Strike. Can I put it in classic? Like okay, you've shot me once. It doesn't matter what. You roll on the motive table. Was it? But we did play with like the full skidding and side slipping rules with you know vehicles, which is all right. He's got two fast hovercraft. We did you know move and he tried to turn, yeah, and lost control, skidded, skidded into a building. The building, yeah, the building <laughs> then you know does the motive roll on the hovercraft, immobilizes it. Hovercraft's okay, but immobile next to the objective with my tank, which is now freshly immobilized on the objective. And they're just plinking away, just like throwing rocks at each other. That was fun. Sounds like uh, you guys got to learn a lot. Yeah, it was definitely like, we're going to keep this low, low BV, like low rolling. And it still took a while, but it looked great on the like actual city terrain. Like, yeah, I'm sure it did. You going to try and make this more regular thing? I might. I mean, I definitely want to start including like, Hey, let's throw like one or two vehicles in our games per game, just to like yeah, just like combined arms. Combined arms. It. See, for things like that, like 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 pickup games where you just have a couple vehicles, I certainly don't mind using the total warfare vehicle rules for that. 
Um, but for campaign games where I want to use like a lot of vehicles or have a lot of goblins or, or minions like that, then I'll go with the BSP vehicles. But uh, I, th- I think they both have their place. Yeah, I mean, definitely in this game, the vehicles were the only stars of the show. So there was nothing like competing. With yeah, them. you don't want to do BSP with that. Exactly. It's silly. But if like, okay, I'm running like a lance of mechs and then a lance of vehicles, then I'm like, okay, at what point is the vehicles just kind of there existing for funness? Right. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I've run combined arms games in the past and the vehicles, you know, I bring a tank and a hovercraft or two tanks and use total warfare rules. It's fine. Gets the job done cinematic bring some bring a stand of infantry you know run your combined arms game it's fun yeah that was my uh my one game before i left what about you dustin one game of battle tech that had no mechs in it yeah it's battle tech not battle mech (laughs) dustin did you play did you play mechs did you use mechs i did uh no i did not use mechs uh so I, I did get a game. I got a game of Infinity in. I played my Tartary, Arm, Tartary Army Corps uh, versus, I got a foreign company. Um, so had a good game. I'm like six, six or seven games in on Infinity. And it's great. It's deep. But boy, do you get your ass kicked in, as you're learning this game. Um, but yeah, I had a great game with a, a great opponent out here. I won't get into the weeds and the details because this is not not an, an infinity podcast, but as I said on the server, I've got Southern Assault coming up, so I'll get dragged back um, whether I like it or not. I feel like, I like, I feel like you're event only now. No, I've, I've just, I have ran the tournament and I've been on a little bit of a break and um, Battletech was my first and it's not going anywhere. Don't worry, folks. You're just taking the mistress <laughs> out occasionally. Yes, and indeed I am. So, yeah, I got that game in. Had a great time. Oh. Denim, what have you played lately? I have not been taking a break from Battletech. Um, we've been doing a lot of Solaris recently, um, mostly on the, the Coliseum map because you know everybody loves the 3D buildings and making them go up and down with the pillars and knocking people off there. And it's a lot of fun. And you can actually get multiple, you know, I, I had one of them end on turn two um, type of thing, not even through a headshot, just it, it's it's vicious when you get in there. You can We can get in a lot of games and we've been keeping track. We've got uh, individual pilots and we've got like they're, they're yeah. They're, well, I mean, we don't have an official league yet. We're building up to it. We are 100% going to do a league. But we're just we're just trying to keep track to see how easy it's going to be for us to keep track of stuff like that. I did get a, a game in on the factory map, which, um, man, that needs, that needs a 3D uh, STL version. Like so bad because the map is not is not accurate there are, there are actually errors on the map because like the you know when you look at the um the different levels that have dotted lines and and they're off to the side type of thing they don't line up properly on all of the the little places uh so i have a plexiglass cover that i put down and i just just go back and redraw the lines with a with a uh, a dry erase marker just just so that we don't get confused with what's on the map but if we had a 3d version it wouldn't be a problem that one's got a bridge, like a level does, three bridge, doesn't it? Does it does have a It's a level four bridge, yeah. So you've got a level four building and then a level eight building because you got one that's two stories and one that's three stories. Oh, 
Are people pushing each other off the tops of those buildings? I tried, but uh, yeah, we both took mechs that didn't jump. So we were just running around. I was in a hammerhead and my opponent was in a, um, it was a mech that he painted up to look like a Gundam. It was a, he, he was running a custom, uh, yeah, it was a Vixen, no, a Vixen. It was, it was a fantastic paint job. I really liked the mech. It had, um, what, one of those, uh, improved heavy large lasers, um, uh, did a lot of damage unless you've got a hammerhead that, that takes half damage from stuff. It was, it was, uh, remarkably close and fun, but, but most of it was just getting confused with, um, uh, yeah, with the, that was Aaron, Aaron I played with. That was a lot of fun. The the figuring out the map though, that was that was crazy. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're just going to be doing more Solaris. We're going to start up an actual league. We were waiting till after the tournament to even get that started, and uh, and I think I think enough people are are excited about it that we're going to go ahead with that. All right. We want to get in some upcoming events. Yeah, we do. We got some. We got we got some coming up. We actually have a bunch of events. It's BattleTech Fall. Yeah. yeah. Follow BattleTech. BattleTech just keeps on <laughs> going. It's a train that don't stop. All right. The fall of BattleTech, but not in the way that you might think. Mm-hmm. All right. Dustin, you wanted to touch on Southern Assault 3 coming on November 4th in Winston-Salem. I don't know how, but it looks like Rob pushed the number of reservations up to 96. Jeez, man. And he says it's booked. So... Is I maybe that'll be the largest BattleTech event in the history in of history? mankind. Yeah, um, most BattleTech being played in one day. Yeah, at one place. Definitely. Uh, so that's that's going to be huge. Um, that's just going to be cool. So I, we've we've raved about Southern Assault enough. We're going to be out there. Well, two thirds of us are going to be out there. Two two thirds of us. All right. Yeah. You had some uh, scheduling complications. I, I did some well. It was it's a story, but yeah, I mean it's a story. We don't, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Southern Assault is coming. Paint your mechs, write your lists, and get ready to have some fun rolling dice. Hey, I am available to help anyone out uh, who wants to practice their list against me, because they know that I will not be uh, constructing my list to to defeat theirs. So, anyone needs any practice? Come on. Next year. We'll get them next year. Oh, yeah. 100% next year. All right. You heard it. Well, yeah. What else we got coming up? We've got the uh, denim. Yeah, I'll let you do that one. Yeah. So this coming Friday, uh, depending on when this comes out, Friday the 29th of September, we were invited by Six Sides of Gaming uh, to help them run through an ACES uh, event, which ACES is that is that uh, AI, basically AI version of Battletech that... Uh, Right now it's done for Alpha Strike, but they're also working on a on a classic version. We will be playing against the AI to see if we can win. Uh when I don't know what our, our objectives are for this one. They've uh, they did it with what Big Red and Thunderhead last weekend. Yep. Or two weekends ago. Um so this is a thing they, they do on the regular, but uh it's our turn next. So, you know, you guys are bored and you wanna uh, they stream it both on Twitch and on YouTube. So it's just go find six sides of gaming and we'll be running about 6 PM EST. Exactly. All right. So we got that coming up on the 29th. What else is going on? We've got in the battle tech world. We've got QuestCon crucible in Florida also this weekend. So 29th and 30th, we have hmm. the BattleTech fall brawl in Mechanicsville, Pennsylvania. 
What a nice place to have that. I know. Is Crucible down in O-Town, Orlando? Yes. All right. Now we've got some fan mail. Uh, we've got fan mail from Chris. Chris writes, hi there. I've been thinking of doing something similar to your tournament. Since our go-to guy for Battletech is way too busy with work to sit down and try to organize something. <laughs> I feel that. Otherwise, we did do a 6K intro league lances last year that seemed to finish well. I placed high middle, but missed top three. I took a Warhammer 6D at 3-4 and a Ryan K at 3-4, a Rifleman 3C at 2-2. <laughs> Wow. And a Wasp 1K at 4-5. Uh, the Warhammer and Orion bullied while the Rifleman moved to range. The Wasp bodyguards the Rifleman, and there were only a couple of games that the Rifleman had ammo in the bins when time was called or opponent capitulated. Wow. Uh, one highlight, I remember the Rifleman almost completely sold an Atlas. Minor help from the Orion. Thanks to the podcast, entertains the minds while I work. Take care, Chris. Thanks, Chris. I love to see, yeah, I love to see a Rifleman do well. Yeah. Well, two two, put a talented uh, pilot in a rifle. Yeah, he's not falling over, and he's hitting with all the shots. So you know, yeah, that's awesome. I I like to see that. The rifleman three C. That is the two large laser one, or is that the? It's got ammo in it because is that the AC five large laser one? That's two Sarna. (laughs) See the three N. I know is the base model. That's the problem. It's like right. once once you switch from the that's, base that's model, two large, two medium, and two AC fives. Yeah. All right, let's. Sorry, see. back back in my day, it was two large lasers, two medium auto lasers, and two auto cannons. Yeah. <laughs> so this one is the two auto cannon ten one. Ah, oh, nice. okay. Yeah, just standard putting... or LB. Yeah, just standard. It's still intro tech. It's an intro tech. La- it's an, it was the intro tech Lance League. I'm surprised. Yeah, that, that, that one's a heavy hitter. I'm surprised at the wasp, though. Like, I wouldn't consider a wasp as a bodyguard mech. Well, if that's all you've got left, but it's a you know a six nine six, so it can it just is there to make sure that people aren't behind your rifleman type thing. So if they are, yeah, if they are not so much body block, but but if if someone gets behind your rifleman, you get behind them. So uh, it's it's just a if you get back there, you're going to be punished because you're shooting at the rifleman. You're not shooting at the wasps, so it's not like they need to get their TMM up. Or or if they get their wasp into a bad place, but with a low TMM, you'll shoot at the wasp instead of the rifleman. Either way, it's going it's going to take attention away from the rifleman or punish the person. So awesome. I understand it, but it's it's still. But you also took a stinger to wasp against me in our intro tournament, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, of course, Denim knows how to play a wasp better. But, uh, but uh, yeah, good luck with the event. Now I don't know about you guys, but uh, let's just hop right into the main subject today. We are talking about SRMing in the rain or other weather-related jokes. There's only so many. <laughs> I, I still, I still like my cloudy with a chance of mech fall. I think that's. I think you can't go better than that, though. No, yeah, I do like that one. I'm SRMing yeah. in the rain. I'm not. This one's either over my head. I'm singing in the rain. Singing in the rain. Right. Singing in the rain. It, it went right over, like like an LRM volley. I'd like say. a yeah. Like an LRM volley through smoke <laughs> right over my head. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're talking about weather and its effects on Battletech tabletop games. Because, yeah. 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 <laughs> I want to I start this topic off with saying this was something I was so, so excited about when I had like 1% knowledge. Oh, really? Battletech tabletop. Like, 
Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm totally agreeing with Josh on this one. Amazingly, it is it is definitely like when the rules for this came out. I'm like this this is amazing. I get to do weather effects and and have roll random planetary effects and and it could change in the middle of the game. Like it's not just you set it, you set it and you roll every turn, and you try it once or twice. And it's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's exciting to think about. <laughs> I'm just laughing. You're like, oh, when these rules came out, and I'm like, of course you were there. <laughs> you were there when it happened. Was. <laughs> that's one of the things. It's like everyone likes to simulate a battle with something that's not just the units each general took to the field. It's like, okay, you're fighting, you know, the will of God in, you know, whatever typhoon or storm or earthquake or volcano is erupting at the same time. Like, he's <laughs> all right. You say that, like in. In the uh, the tactical operations, it does mention volcanoes, and it says, "Hey, if a volcano erupts, everybody's dead." It's pretty much like a nuke; just everybody on the whole battlefield is dead. However, if you want to play with with like mini mini eruptionites, then then here are some rules. But just know it's not a volcano because if it's a volcano, you're just you're just all dead. Battle mechs can't take a volcano to the face. <laughs> not a, no, not a all volcano right. to the face. So there's really two places that all these rules that are either called, you know, weather conditions or planetary effects are. Uh, Battle Mech Manual has them, and it even has a handy-dandy sheet at the back of the book for, like, keeping track of these. And these are more of, like, I want to say simplified versions of the rules. They say simplified. I say, you know, it's it's the stuff that after using them for a couple decades it's this is the important parts everything else is just going to make your game needlessly long for for so little mm-hmm. return so so this is the meat of it uh everything in the battle mech manual yeah and the other place is of course tactical operations where you can find rules for everything yeah whether you want it or not but i like that page in the back of the battle mech manual i know i've mentioned it before i love that little printable sheet that has all of that stuff on it Oh, you want to hear some fun trivia before we get like deep into this subject? Because this subject is going to show you how complex Battletech can actually get for no reason whatsoever. Of Do it. So I was, I was again listening to uh, to uh, the Bungle Tech podcast, and they had Keith Hahn on, and he uh, he wrote the the Total Warfare uh, the Battle Mech Manual. I think he wrote the Battle Mech Manual. And he mentioned something that I absolutely re- knew at the time, but totally forgot about it up until up until that interview. When Battletech came out, it became very, very popular because it was like the easy uh, battlefield simulator game. It was the the least complicated. It was the it was like easy mode. It was the one that that like your little brother would get into because it was you know it was. It was so easy to do that the rules were, were not complex at all. And let me remind you, the rules have not changed. But now when you talk about Battletech, it's the crunchy one. Like it is the the, the really complicated one that you can really sink your teeth into. It hasn't I, changed. Just yeah, people have. I remember listening to that that part and that was, there was beer and pretzels. It was a beer and pretzels game back in the day, folks. So uh, back in my day, we played advanced squad leader and we liked it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just like reading through this. I just remember that going, yeah, this like, like the, the weather rules were introduced because, because battle tech was too simplified. 
So they wanted they wanted like some of this extra layer of of complexity. What were we thinking? Why? Because it, it didn't take long enough, I guess. Everybody yeah. had more time back then. That, I guess that's what I'll say. We we did. The days they were longer. Were more hours in a day yeah. back then. <laughs> so many more. It hurts because I'm like, I think they were. Like, deep down, I think they were. I think you had like 24 hours in a regular day. And like, you worked for a third of that, played Battletech for a third. And a third you were <laughs> sleeping. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, our, our Battletech games would literally last a weekend. That was a normal thing. I mean, yep. You'd play Friday, Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday afternoon, and then you'd you'd stop by dinner time on Sunday. That's <laughs> that that was a normal game. I mean, it sounds like fun. Anyways, that was a huge tangent, guys. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's dig but into back it. to the forecast. So, how often do we play with weather rules? Like, <laughs> what? Let's just be honest with ourselves. Now, I'm, I'm going with. <laughs> Dustin, who's laughing over I am laughing because I'm pretty sure I listened to you talk about playing with light gravity rules and decided I'd never try uh, environmental conditions. <laughs> but to answer Josh's question before we fly off into another tangent, I maybe tried it once. It's been so long, I don't even remember. But ye- I'm always saying it. I'm the Battle Mech standard. Battle Mech manual standard player and um but these yeah, are in the battle yeah, you've got no excuse now <laughs> they're not optional. optional rules they're right, they're really fine. not maybe i'll try <laughs> them once but no i don't I really <sighs> like it maybe i will i guess don't knock it till you try it how, how often do you guys use them oh man i mean the standard answer i always have uh, a lot of these rules are fantastic for flavoring in a campaign or a narrative or a, a role-playing game. But if I'm playing a pickup game, nobody wants to go through that. And if you do, you have to have those sections printed out and brought with you. Yeah. So, and highlighted, like, like there can't be any flipping through the book trying to look things up for this. I have played with these and it was a random role and I was... After working through it, I was like, I never want to play with these again. <laughs> was that random roll bug storm no, or something? No, fun? it was just fog. But the problem was, is like, because this was a random roll, we chose a map that was like absolutely terrible for the weather effect, the map interaction, and the units I had selected. So it was like a, it was a triple whammy. And it was like, okay, I could handle two of these things. I could not handle, you know, objective slash wing condition map selected and weather and i was like i was i was there yeah. for this and i was i was two tables over and i remember looking over at josh and josh had that i'm not having fun <laughs> look on his face i'm pretty sure i said those i words. remember that <laughs> this is when i do the tell me i'm wrong denim i wasn't playing the game so i don't know how much how, how i don't know what i would have done differently okay. so side question what about mmo mega mech only Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Weather effects, like anything with a computer doing all the math. Yeah, I know. I'm in. Hundred okay. percent. So you'll do a Mega Mech pickup game with weather effects. Mega Mech, MWO, uh, Mercenaries. I'll change that weather in there all the time. It's perfect for the simulators. I rarely play narrative and campaign style games. I would definitely contemplate running weather stuff, especially for narrative elements. You know, helping the team get away from the big bad. 
Exactly. That's that's how I've used it before, where if the team is going to be uh, infiltrating or, or attacking uh, an enemy and they know that the enemy uses a lot of missiles, then they might be like, well, we're going to check the weather satellites and, and oh, a storm is coming up. We're going to delay our action until this storm happens. And then everybody with missile weapons gets like like pluses to hit with the missile weapons or if they've got a lot of laser weapons they'll they'll wait till like a snowstorm or it's like super foggy or whatever it is that that gets rid of laser like makes laser weapons less effective um cuz you know it's it's always a plus 1 to hit but uh but yeah yeah so there there's a way to do that and that's fine when you're when you're tilting the odds in your favor when you're playing a campaign um, or or an RPG, but if you're just doing it a randomly thing and say, oh, by the way, you know, all your lasers are plus two, or all your missiles are plus two or three to hit, so that that just takes the fun out of it. It's not it's not fun. Um, well, especially if your gunnery is is a four or a three anyway, like it just means that you're never going to hit. So now the game is going to go on forever, or it's just going to become a melee slugfest. And I'm going to have little tangents all the time because we're doing the battle mech manual stuff. And I, I know a lot of the rules from the tactical operations and, and I'll be able to tell you why, why it's actually better in the BM. Right. Next, we're going to go into the most common planetary effects because technically, like we all described in tactical operations, you can have literally everything. And it's like, those are great, but those should not come to your average game mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, we're not going to talk about bug storms here because that was not in the BMM. <laughs> that is tactical operations. I recommend you read through it, <laughs> but it's it's a mess. <laughs> There's a one mess. planet for the entire inner sphere that has bug storms, and they had to give it a rule, an entire rule section mm-hmm. with charts and like roles. And it was Earth because there's like giant mutated locusts. There's, That's what these are. There's a short story in one of the is it Game of Armor Combat or the clan expansion i can't remember which one it is but there's a locust storm they're not locusts they're like weird bat things yeah and there's my favorite right. yep. battle tech character which is a um attractive but hard woman <laughs> in that story too <laughs> uh, there's lots of it there's lots of those yeah um but anyways let's let's dig into it so let's go into our f- first one our first different type of weather conditions and this is extreme temperatures now i want to say the average battle tech player has been exposed to these and their effects by playing like MechWarrior online like all the ice maps are an example of extreme cold and all of the lava and like desert maps normally have like extreme heat effects do you overheat a little faster or could you fire a few more weapons without overheating? Again, super important in the old 3025 days when mm-hmm. your mech tended to only have 10 single heat sinks. So getting a little bit more efficiency, that, that was a big deal. But with double heat sinks, it became less and less important. Yeah, so the Battle Mech Manual defines extreme temperatures as greater than 50 C and below negative 30 c which is pretty extreme that's actually pretty extreme and that's where it starts (laughs) um it's yeah it's it's the least amount of change at those at those extremes i was shocked at how like little effect you know 51 c does to a mech walking through magma is only five extra heat and that's the liquid stuff but yeah so 
for every 10 degrees C, you know, above 50 or below negative 30, you just get one extra, you know, heat or added to you or one extra heat subtracted from you. Mm -hmm. It's like that. That's not a lot. But I mean, 50 C, it's also like just a hot Terran weather day or hot day on Terra. So 100 C, you're just boiling water. I guess a mech could handle that. Easy peasy. Plus two heat. Yeah. Like you were saying, denim for double seat heat sinks not a problem, but for singles, much more fun. Yeah, it, it's definitely a big deal at that point. So, what are our thoughts on you know using extreme temperatures? Like mine are, it's a really easy, and you just always say like, "Hey, we're playing on you know Mercury this time with an atmosphere failed colonization project, so it's just plus five heat every turn." Like that, that's not bad. It's a little boring, but it's not bad. It's straightforward. Uh, of all the ones I'd want to try first, I'd, I'd go with this. Pretty easy to remember. It's like... Uh, right. It's one of those where extreme hot, nobody wants to do extreme cold. Oh, everybody I'd wants love to, to do, do extreme hot. Then you could, you know, reward your... I will play with you. Know, I will play with you on extreme hot. And then you'll be like, yeah, this is kind of boring. I can't fire <laughs> my weapons. Just, that's one of those things where the game actually just takes longer. Like, it doesn't... No, it encourages yes. brawling. Well, I mean, it encourages brawling, but if, like, okay, then I I don't run because I don't want the running heat so I can shoot the weapon. Oh, embrace the conga line. I mean, but yes, everyone in my, like, every man brain says, yeah, I'll take, I want to play on the frozen planet of misery and shoot my all laser boats. Yeah. Oh, cool. I get to shoot another medium laser for free. That's okay. Easy. It is. It's easy because there's no roles or anything. It's just a setting you, you put at the beginning and then and then you just remember to do it every turn. There, there's no thinking about it. All right. It's a nice introduction to planetary weather effects. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but then we go to the next one, which is fog. And this is one that I've played <laughs> and it was pretty miserable. Like I, I've driven through fog and had not had as big of a problem as <laughs> battle mech level fog i don't know i turned my brights on in the fog once and that was that was it i'm like yep yep i uh, can't see anything need alternate forms of of uh vision yeah, enhancement here but that's what mechs have got you've got uh enhanced imaging right no that's uh well you got at mag scans you've got seismic sensors ir yeah all kinds of stuff that that stuff shouldn't care about fog at all it really shouldn't it really shouldn't so why why is it that it's such a detriment to all mech like actions? Because pilots are trained to use their Mark One eyeballs <laughs> instead of their sensors. Uh, That's the only thing I can think of. That's it. I think this one you just you shake your fist at the BattleTech gods and ask why? Why did you make fog so punishing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's go into the details of fog because it does some weird stuff as well, not just vision. Uh, so fog comes in two different flavors. It comes in light fog and heavy fog. Now, I want to say light fog is probably like normal Terran fog, which is just gives a penalty of plus one movement point for every hex that you enter. Right. So no vision, no actual targeting modifiers at all. It's just movement because you you can't see where you're going, but you could target things just fine. It's hard to see where my mech toesies are going. <laughs> Right. So you can see like the terrain, but you can't see you can't see individual things like like that that car in front of you and you're Does, does the blood asp have a quirk? 
where it, it gets to ignore light fog because of those big feet. <laughs> <laughs> right. So like a 4-6 mech becomes essentially a 2-3 in fog. Entering a light woods counts as a heavy woods for movement. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so light woods would cost three. Heavy woods would cost four. It wouldn't. It doesn't double it. It just adds one onto onto whatever. So everybody's mechs become very slow. Uh, heavy fog has a plus two MP to entering, but it also has a plus one to any essentially direct energy or pulse laser weapon. Disperses the laser beams. Yeah, it just disperses your laser beam, so it diffracts it, um, so it, it doesn't focus as well and do as much damage. So the problem is, is that movement MP penalty for all the fog has like a whole section where you can take the MP penalty or you can use what it calls reckless movement. Now, I know what reckless movement says in the Battle Mech Manual, and I'm going to give you the podium for this one denim because you've done way more research for reckless movement right if you've got an older version of the battle mech manual you're going to want to pull out the errata because they did change they did change how it works a reckless movement was was worded a little bit weirdly and it was very complicated and, and it was needlessly like like so much rolling but that it's not how it was so things like fog and we'll get into the other ones too like ice and mud but but anything that uh, that slows you down if it has a movement penalty, like the minus or the plus one for the fog or plus two for heavy fog, if you take those movement penalties, that's you being ultra careful so you don't have to make any PSRs going through it. But you can choose to ignore that and just push on through. And then when you do that, that's called using reckless movement. And every time you enter one of those hexes, then you have to make a PSR or fall down. Um, and unless you're on pavement, you can then spend the two movement points to stand back up and keep moving. But if you're on pavement, you skid, even if you only moved one hex and you fall down and you're, you're done moving. So skidding ends your, ends your movement just like normal. Uh, so yeah, reckless movement is just a way to ignore the movement penalty, but have the chance of falling down because you slid or got stuck or, or tripped over something. That's rough. It's better than than it was interpreted as. So yeah, get get your errata out for the BMM. The next printing will have all that corrected okay. anyway. So, so this is my sound bit too long. Don't listen. The Battle Mac manual is wrong. You don't take a PSR for every time you do anything extra. You just do it once, or is it per hex? It's per hex. Per hex, like water. Yeah, that, that's what. It, yeah, exactly. It's like water. Correct. Yeah, so even if it's light fog or heavy fog, if you're ignoring the movement penalties, then it's a plus one PSR for every hex you enter. But you, you, you can go slowly and not roll at all. So that's that's your choice. So that was a lot for reckless movement. We're going to reference reckless movement several times in this. So If you are ignoring what's there, like you say, it's not there. I don't believe in ice, mud, being careful. It's a plus one, and you got to roll that PSR, which means the average pilot needs a six up per hex to stay standing. Okay, I just need that established on the record. If you're running, if you're running through heavy mud or 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 I, over ice or through heavy fog, yeah, I agree mm -hmm. with that. Like every single hex that you enter, you have a chance of sliding or getting stuck or or tripping on something. So that that makes a lot of sense to me. You can be careful. Or you can move regular speed and risk falling every hex. I agree with that. That's just fog. Let's move on. <laughs> now, 
we know every mech has a searchlight. Every mech. Every, every single, single one. one. Mega mech tells me so. I know that a lot of missions that talk about searchlights say that you can that you can bolt on a searchlight to any mech. It's a mech for God's sakes. It should have some lights on it. <laughs> it should. Now, did you spring for like the full xenon bulb light bar on top of your mech? <laughs> no, I went oh. cheap. I went super cheap. AliExpress. <laughs> this thing LED. is leaking headlight fluid all over the place. But the reason why we have searchlights is because we have different light levels. All right, so for light levels, you really have four different light levels. You've got normal, which every battle apparently takes in full light, like noon, essentially. That is that is how the rules work. And there's no penalties to that because that's regular battle tech. High noon. But then we go to you know the edges of that. You have dusk and dawn, and that is just a plus one to all of your to hits. And there's no way to like really improve that unless the target has 25 or more heat. Absolutely cooking. Yeah, that is like extreme levels of that is literally glowing like we all saw in HBS Battle Slapping the override button. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that thing's going to be shut down anyway, so who cares? The next level is you have a full moon out that night. Um, all the wolf mechs. <laughs> all the wolf mechs. That has a penalty of plus one movement point. And of course, it has the reckless movement for the attack penalty. For You have a plus two unless that is illuminated by a searchlight. Or the target has 20 heat. So I'm like, the, the heat levels, like, I don't know. I don't really, I don't, I, yeah, they are all extreme. Like, they're, they're not, they are, this mech is glowing to some 25. Extent. I mean, that's, that's exterminator levels of heat right there. Uh, and then you have moonless night, pitch black. That is plus two MP per hex. That is reckless movement, of course, added to that, uh, unless using a searchlight. And then you have, a penalty of plus three to attack unless illuminated by a searchlight or it's at 15 heat, which I think is probably the max that most people see mechs at. I feel like, yeah, we should have started at 15 and done 10 and then five. But, <laughs> oh no, it's I snuck one in. <laughs> quick, move on before I have more hot takes. <laughs> now, a, a quick quick uh, point about the searchlights. Uh, every mech that has a searchlight can highlight one mech who's in its front arc uh, and, and negate that. But in doing so, it also reveals themselves uh, to everybody who, who's in their front arc. Lights, lights yeah. work two ways, guys. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, searchlights, their range is 30 hexes. So like we're talking the entire map sheet. Like, My God. The- yeah. And it's, it's a spotlight. Um, so it only, it only illuminates one unit. It doesn't, you can't, you can't spread it open to illuminate like everybody in your front arc. You just pick one unit in your front arc and... And do that 900 meters they also weirdly have have a have a limit of 29 hexes high 29 next yeah you can't you can't point to 30 hexes up you can illuminate the 30 hex because it illuminates the hex you're illuminating and the one above it but you can't illuminate that that 31st hex that is out of that is out of spotlight range however weapon attack doesn't care if you're 100 levels high um as long as you're adjacent to someone it's still one for range so Given that each hex is 30 meters, that's almost a kilometer. That is quite the spotlight. That's not completely unimpressive. I mean, the the naval the naval historian of the group will say, that's a little on the short side. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. So that's that's our light levels. Dust dawn. Now the thing is, is searchlights are destroyed on a roll anytime. 
the unit with the searchlight takes a hit in any torso location on a seven up the searchlight is destroyed Uh, which means essentially the first or second hit the searchlight's gone so you've got one or two turns where the thing is you want to the tactic here is you spot with one thing you let that searchlight get broken you spot with the next thing on the same target it's like rolling armor but rolling spotlights (laughs) yeah one of our early campaign missions used uh, used moonless night and and uh, spotlights, and it got until it just got pretty annoying um, having to remember spotlights and having like that extra step of who's illuminating who and and who got their spotlights destroyed. It was just it was just added time. It probably added an extra hour onto our game. But you know what? It's you don't need a searchlight for rain the next thing on the weather list it doesn't work in the rain it doesn't work in the fog so just like here on terra uh rain has you know four different levels we've got regular moderate rainfall we've got heavy rainfall probably closer to like a hurricane or something and then we have downpour which is you might as well just be underwater in using those rules (laughs) And, and the fourth one is it's sunny not raining at all technically technically it is like an option like rain no that that is an option yeah but uh the problem is all rain causes mud and mud is the big like effect of rain and mud is i mean it's going to slow you down or you're going to take a psr yeah the uh because that's a simplified rules the regular rules in the tactical operations um you can also get stuck in mud so you can get bogged down you can get stuck if you jump in mud, you're automatically stuck. If you're walking, you you uh, you have to try and pull yourself out. And if you fall, man, if you fall in mud, you have to make three PSRs. One to unstick your prone mech, one to stand up, and then one to extricate yourself so that you can actually move. So three PSRs at a plus. Are battle mechs really that susceptible to rain and mud? Lord have mercy. No, yeah. the mud. Yeah. Yikes. And a lot of people look at, at the maps that have like the, the depth zero water and they're like, well, what are the penalties for that? And I tell people it's just blue grass. It doesn't do anything in the rain. Those are the first ones that are going to turn to mud are those depth zero waters. The heavier the rain, the more mud there is. But light rain, it just starts at the depth zero ones. Rain itself, though, not the hardest thing to really understand. Uh, regular moderate rain, it's a plus one to all weapon attacks just in general. Because, you know, rain getting uh, in the way of, like, sensor returns and whatnot. Uh, heavy rain gets plus one to weapons, and it's a plus one to any PSRs you take in the rain. Because I guess you're focused on, you know, keeping the cockpit window closed, keep the water out. So those mud hexes will end up being a total of a plus two PSR. One for the mud, one for the one for the heavy. Yeah, if you're recklessly moving through the mud, yes. And then torrential downpour, the hurricanes, that's a plus two to all weapon attacks and plus two to PSRs. Yeah. Side note, it also turns those uh, depth zero water into swamps, which is just fancy mud in the battle mech manual because the battle mech manual is only battle mechs for all other units. It's actually plus two movement point, not plus one Um, battle mechs just treat it like mud. Uh, Other units treat it as much, much more difficult. So what are our thoughts on using rain? Like it's just a general, negative across the entire battlefield in my brain i like the the least amount of rain to turn those level those those depth zero waters into mud i like having those do something sometimes 
So they're there. You can you can walk across them, but it's going to be, or you can run across them, but it's it's going to be a little bit more dangerous. I do like using rain on a well marked map. That's the thing. It needs the right map to really have the right effect. Rain is yeah, just uh, it seems like another thing that will slow the game down a lot. Literally slow your mechs down. Extra rolls, extra PSRs, extra falling and standing. This gets a uh, the big yikes. Now, I do think it's funny, the interaction with rain and the previous thing, extreme temperatures, you can't have rain below negative 30C. So if you're getting the free heat sinking, you can't get rain as well. Uh, it didn't give me an upper swap, but I do want to say if you're above 100C, you probably don't have rain either. What's the rain made out of? What planet? Is it raining sulfur and turning the rocks to mud? <laughs> On page 25 of the uh, the tactical operations they actually discuss all of this yeah they say they they say that it's something you need to talk to with your opponent and logically you should be able to work it out but then also you can really do whatever you want if both of you are insane so you can have acid rain in the in the super cold temperatures and have both if if you really want to if y'all are into that i ain't gonna kink shame <laughs> exactly but it's another one of those that, that says if your opponent is not into it, you just, just, yeah, just don't just. Back. All right. So that's, is that rain? Did we do rain? Did we make it through rain? All right. Now the thing is, what do you get when you have rain in one of those extreme temperatures? It's called snow. Hey, I'm from North Carolina. I don't believe in that. That is a myth. Um, we've all seen the pictures of the interstate with the ad at, sir. <laughs> So snow has two levels. It is moderate snow or heavy snow. And I think that's pretty okay. Uh, All levels of snow are just a plus one for all weapon hits. One harder to hit for everything. Heavy snow, though, is a plus one to PSRs because it's just like heavy rain. You're having a hard time seeing what's going on. Snow will will weigh you down. It will bother you. It will mess up your mech's balance. I did think this was pretty cool, but also pretty lame at the same time. For snow at the start of turns 20 and for moderate in turn 15 for heavy, each non-water hex then has is like converted to deep snow. So right. it takes 200 or 150 seconds. <laughs> that's heavy snow. Um, really heavy snow. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a little strange. I get it. But also... Battle mech battles are supposed to, the the game, your battle tech game is supposed to be a snapshot. It's like a one or two minute battle. The snow should not build during that battle. Like, I thought this was cool, but I feel like everyone could just be like, hey, it's snowing. Like, that is what the weather is. And it's, you know, the snow has already landed. So... Again, this is like the weekend battles where where you want to you want to get you want to get something done before the snow gets deep. So it's like something in the in the map that changes halfway through halfway through the battle, two thirds of the way through the battle, and and you're really trying to achieve your objective before then because extracting with the with the little gizmo that you picked up is going to be a lot harder if you have to trudge through the heavy snow. So you want to do it before that piles up. Your game shouldn't last more than 12 turns. <laughs> That's just me. Snow yeah. is weird too. Like heavy snow. Heavy snow is weird because if you've got heat sinks in your legs, if you have at least one, it sinks one extra heat. But if you've got four in your legs, it's still just one extra heat. You can't you can't get any yeah. more than it's that. It's not like water. Walking through strange. Snow. Right. I think if you're laying in snow, you can get rid of three or four, but that might be a tactical operations thing. If you're prone in deep snow, 
I mean, heavy snow is deep snow, but then you get three because it just has enough surface area contact. I don't know. I'm not the physicist here, but yeah, so snow on the ground, it's just like mud. So when I say snow is plus one movement point per hex, yeah, it's just like mud. Yep. And then if you decide to get reckless, you can plow your way through the snow, but you're probably going to fall down at some point. We'll move on to the next thing. And that's essentially snow without the water in it, which is just wind. (laughs) Wind. (laughs) This was was one I expected to see so much more of in like my games. Like it was just one of those things that I instinctively thought, oh, so we're going to play with like wind effects to our battles and like artillery backscattering and stuff like that. And I was kind of disappointed when I saw what it actually was. But wind has three levels. It has moderate, strong, and storm. I feel like you could have multiple of these. Like you could have wind and rain. You could have wind and snow. Like it's meant to be combinations, not just exclusive, which is good. It is. There's tables in the in the tactical operations that tell you which ones should and should not be bundled together. Uh, we don't. We can't play bundle tech with our weather. <laughs> Moderate wind. Uh, it's just a plus one hit for missiles. So we already had the energy penalty one of fog. Now we have wind is bad for missiles. That makes sense, right? Right? Sure. Sure. If it gets strong enough, because the next level is plus two to hit for missiles and then plus one for direct fire ballistics. So your auto cannon rounds are going to curve slightly. So your mech's got to grab that big tuft of ground and then, and then drop it to gauge <laughs> like where the wind is going and correct that. Put a couple clicks over on your... We can't shoot past a click, Denim. This is Battletech. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, a literal click. Not yeah, a, not e- a ELRMs, 31 hexes. That's 930 meters, baby. <laughs> yep. Anyways. And that also adds extra PSRs if you have to take them. Now, Storm. Stormwind. That, that's what I want to fight in. That's plus three to missiles, plus two for direct ballistics, and plus three to PSRs. That is, you hit anything. Like, if you're able to hit anything with hopefully lasers or fist, because mm-hmm. those are the only, only two things you're going to be hitting in a storm level wind, they're just all, all pretty much automatically falling down. This is Victor Steiner Davian fighting in trail on level stuff right here. Yeah, there are, there are three levels of wind in the battle mech manual. There are more. Oh, tornado. You can have a tornado. Oh, yeah, you can get up to tornadoes, and, and uh, it's fun, because if you ever play that Mega Mech, like... like Today, we're fighting in Oklahoma. All, all infantry and, and vehicles, like like non-Mech vehicles, are yeah. just destroyed. They're just, they're just gone. That, sure. <laughs> Three, four, five. Yeah, so there, yeah, there's, there's five win conditions, and they're just like, please don't play in that level. Like, it's not there to have fun. You can do it if you really want to, but don't tell us your complications. Now, we don't yeah. want to hear now, it. Now, I'm going to tack this on just because it is, like, the main reason you would play with wind besides, you know, to penalize your LRM-taking friend. And that is its effect on earth, wind, and fire. I I mean, wait, uh, just <laughs> fire and smoke. Sorry. But if you're using fire and smoke, you should probably use wind just, like, to have some effect. Right? At least that's in my opinion. What about you, Denim? First of all, okay, so the fire rules in the Battle Mech Manual take up a full page. I mean, it's on two pages, but it's half of one page and half of the other. So it's one one full page is just fire and smoke. Um, in the tactical operations, it is six oh. full pages. 
a much smaller type font too. <laughs> it's 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 a lot much of denser. stuff. The big the big difference is that on in the Battle Mech Manual, uh, fire spreads on a twelve. In the tactical operations, it spreads on a nine. So it happens a lot more, and it happens a lot more often because it can spread in three directions instead of just one like it does in the battle mech manual. If you're going to use fire and smoke on the tabletop, please use the battle mech manual. Really? Stuff. I was going to say use the tactical operation stuff. It's don't play at my game <laughs> unless we have a full weekend. But if you're using it, if you want to play with smoke moving and fire moving and all that in your games, you, you want, want wind. wind. And really all you have to do is on that bottom sheet, battle mech manual pretty much spells it out clearly. You roll one dice. It's just like artillery that's the direction the wind blows for the entire game. It It is something you're supposed to do before every game is to find out which direction the wind is blowing. Even if it's not like, like the moderate wind is extreme wind. Like that's that it's always got wind. It just doesn't affect you until it gets to moderate. We got our missiles have enough guidance systems to you know, correct for, you know, sub 50 mile an hour winds. <laughs> this is, it has no guidance. You're just kind of lining up and arcing it, hoping it hits something. Um, and wind will will blow yeah will blow that will blow that off a little bit yeah. So of all the weather conditions I've played with, I guess I've technically played with fire because I've played with smoke. I will say I was disappointed that fire only spread on a twelve in the battle mech manual, and it only spread in like, but it spreads for two hexes. It spreads for two hexes if the wind is high enough. Normally, it only spreads for one hex. Um, so it's just like two hexes in a line, in a straight line, whereas in the tactical operations, it can spread to the hex directly downwind on a nine, and then the, the two hexes next to it on a 12 up. So it can it can actually it spread can a lot out. faster. Yeah. Yeah. I also understand why they didn't, because you have to roll per hex that's on fire. Right. Per hex that's on fire per so turn. So if you, have, if you have someone with a lance of fire starters or... <laughs> a bunch of commandos with infernos or something that are just like, Hey, I start fires either automatically with infernos or on three ups with flamers. It's weird how that's, you know, you would think it'd be the opposite, but no. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, that every time they light a thing on fire, you have to roll per hex that's on fire to see if it spreads. And if there's wind, then that's the direction it would spread in. Mm. Great. Bring your fire stutter light everything on fire and then your opponent will shake hands and leave the game. And then you win technically. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but at what cost? Eventually you're going to run out of people who <laughs> want to play with you. Woods that are on fire, or I, I should say foliage that is on fire is only five heat. Like it's not, it's not the worst. It's an engine hit. If your scenario calls for it, if there's a reason for it, absolutely play with it. But if it doesn't, don't, don't just throw it into your game because you know, the fire rules it's, if there's no actual reason to have it happening, it's it just takes up too much time. Because a lot of times the fire won't even be in a place where, where the mechs are fighting, where they'll just leave that area. So you want to have it as part of the mission. I'd rather see people just use like fragmentation missiles like LRMs and just try to destroy woods hexes rather than burn them down and to make it spread. Yeah. Where there's smoke... Most most smoke counts only as light woods. Um, there are some launchers that will fire heavy smoke, or if a uh, heavy enough building is on fire, it will do mm -hmm. heavy smoke. But for most things, uh, smoke is light smoke. 
one of the things we haven't talked about yet with fire, fire spreading, and the subsequent smoke and smoke drifting as well, and the winds, because it does that as well, is you have to keep track of all this. And even if you're using like little chits or whatever, it gets crazy real fast. It turns the it yeah. turns the the paper that you're playing on into a mess immediately. Right. And there's a map there. One of the, um, the Tukiad maps has uh, built in smoke and fire and it comes with a bunch of fire and smoke chips to use. And it does, it just starts, you just start tiling your map. Um, bring up, bring up a good sized map with a lot of trees on mega mech and just start starting fires and just see, see how many calculations, like just watch it, watch it scroll up as it does fire calculations and realize that you're going to have to roll every <laughs> single one of those by hand on the MMO table. people. Make back, make back only for sure. So these are our simplified <laughs> denim. Can you go into why we use these and not the tactical operations full weather effects? Well, I, yeah, I already told you. First of all, the smoke takes up six times as many pages in the tactical operations. We go up to F five uh, tornadoes um, in there, and then you've got the fun things like bug storms, which you think, you know. Yeah, that sounds kind of weird. You get some, you get some bugs on your on your mech's windscreen, and you're like, got the the windshield wipers just smearing the bug guts all over the place. But it gets into bug storm type table, so you actually have to roll to see what kind of bug storm you have. You can have localized ones that are just hanging around in a hex, and they're just causing problems in there. Um, or you can have transient ones, which are bigger ones, so they do like the hex, and all hex is touching it, and then they move around. Or you can have a mass migration where it's a giant, um, it's it's like a it's like a long tom sized circle of bugs that go around. But then you have to roll again on the table, and if you roll that again, then the entire map is bugs. The whole map is covered in bugs. Yep. Now some of these bugs are just you have to roll again to see what kind of bugs they are because they use bugs generically. Um, but some of them are are. Uh, like lethal they're voracious um if they're attacking open topped vehicles or infantry or lightly armored infantry they start doing damage and and eating the people <laughs> who are going out there uh they can they can cause a lot of problems for combined uh, arms so forces. we can go you can go starship troopers if you want here in tech ops it's a bug planet yeah, these are just the flying <laughs> ones to bug planet. yeah sir those are called hoppers <laughs> The tack ops rules are yeah they go crazy good but they are extremely in depth and I'd say overly in depth for like a non level where that person has looked up the rules for that specific weather type that adds to the scenario they're wanting to use. Tactical operations is fantastic for people who are playing with a group of friends who all know the rules hands down. If they like not the tactical operations rules, but like the battle mech manual or total warfare, like the people who have read through those books multiple times and they don't have to look anything up and they want more variety in their games. Absolutely. Tactical operations is the play to get place to go. And it's a lot of fun, but it's not something to introduce a new player to yeah. at all. That's just a good way to scare people off because it's not the, that not the eighties anymore. Um, this is graduated easy game. from beer and pretzels. Now it's crunchy eighties Mexican yeah. later that nobody wants. That's right. <sighs> Quite a lot of play. Hey, maybe crunchy is back in. I know it is for me. I've heard people say, I don't want to do math in my war game. And I'm like, I do want to do math in my war game. But anyways, 
what I wanted to like kind of finish this weather thing in mm-hmm. this weather conditions, like breakdown is how would we want this implemented if it were to be implemented into like regular play? Like I know a lot of other games have like a, all oh, right, you roll for like time of day on a 10, 11, 12. It's something other than what it is normally or all right. On a six, seven, eight, you're playing on a green, grassy planet like everyone's, you know, favorite continental Terran world. And anything above that, it's like, oh, a one is a rain planet and a five is a, you know, hot planet, like something like that. Is that how we would want to see these done? Well, that's exactly how it's done in the tactical operations. I mean, there's charts to roll it on. So, yeah, like it's that's the easiest way to do it. Um, if if you want to make it part of your regular play with the battle mech manual, since it's all simplified, they want you to cherry pick it and know exactly what you're getting into. Therefore they don't do it that way. But yeah, if, if I wanted to make it regular, I would make up a table, even if I didn't have the tactical operations book. I mean, you just go through the battle mech manual and make up a table. You, you count how many there are, you start rolling on a, on a list and you can weight them differently depending on how often you want those to come up. But yeah, if you do, absolutely print out that sheet in the back of the battle mech manual and, and, uh, and mark off what, like what's going on. So you have something to reference and, uh, and everybody remembers it's there for a reason. I will say I'm a little dis- disappointed that all these are just significant penalties. Like, right. Yeah. That's a really good point. They don't, br- I don't want to say they don't bring anything to a game, but they detract more from a game. Yeah. They, they're always punishing. Like it, it, it definitely helps you for your theater of the mind, but what it really does is it makes all of your pilots a little bit worse at piloting or a bit worse at, at gunnery. And with that curve, you know, when you're, when your eights and nines are suddenly tens or elevens on average, you're just going to draw that game out significantly. And even then, if you're going into a slug fest, that means you're going to be using reckless movement to try and catch up to somebody, which means you're going to be making PSRs for every weird hex you're going through and you're going to fall down and not make it to them. More mechs are going to die through falling pilot injuries than actually getting shot or punched. Where I see them most of all, though, is in published scenarios where you've got like the the misery all the fights on the misery planet in one of those um the the little scenario booklets and it will tell you this mission has these uh, planetary conditions as optional things and if you use them you get more rewards at the end so you actually get you you get a reason to use them is because it makes it harder and you're going to get more uh sp or wp at the end of the mission that's a good way to do it is actually have a reason, um, which isn't going to happen in just pick up games. But again, when it comes back to campaign and, and uh, you know, games like that narrative type of games, it, it's a big bonus. Yeah. We need BSPs for weather. <laughs> Same idea. <laughs> just make it, turn it into a separate deck, simplify it down to something uh, flavorful. But, so kind of like what it's is in is the initiative deck right now. Yeah. Oh, the initiative deck has has a lot of uh, of these things that only last until the initiative yeah. card is gone. So it's like you know, like a sudden like storm comes out of nowhere and then disappears in like fifteen seconds. Yeah, I just want to see things simplified and then something just more positive effects or less less incredibly punishing like 50 percent of this stuff uh makes it really difficult to just move 
and war games are about positioning. Yep. So that's tough. And then the other 50% clutters and or slows the game or just all of it, you know, combine all of it into a slow, cluttered, um, dice rolly, terrible experience. So I guess that's my suggestion. If you really want to use it, start off small. Um, use it a couple times until you really have the rules down before you move on to something a little bit more or like start combining them together. Um, build, build up to, to the full usage of the weather and planetary conditions. Don't just try and jump in and expect it to be fun right out of the gate. It's not that sort of game. Uh, These are, I don't want to say these aren't fun. They can, they can add stuff to your scenario for sure. Absolutely, they can have add positive vibes to a scenario, but they're not fun. They could be exciting, but they're dangerous. Memorable <laughs> additions to your game. Yeah, stress, but stress in a good way. Is there anything else we want to talk about with weather? Go for it, Dustin. You've been holding it back this whole time. I know. It just. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I can I, either cut it or not. It's okay. I just want fog. Doesn't fog should like. It's it's a velocity thing. I know mechs have inertia, but like <laughs> you should only have to PSR if you move more than I don't know six or seven hexes. Then you incur the PSR. So light fog, six or more yeah. hexes, PSR. Heavy fog, four or more. I don't know, seven or more. Whatever you know, it should it shouldn't be plus one movement for every hex unless you're doing reckless. But if you're going to do velocity. Dustin, then you're going to have to go redo all the skidding rules on pavement because, like I said, a locust that walks eight and an atlas that that runs five. Take take skidding rules out of the battle mech manual. I used to ask, I used to ask if there was pavement on the map, I'd be like, are we playing with skidding rules this game? And I don't even ask anymore. (laughs) I think think in the next real version, they're going to make it into an optional rule, I think. Don't quote me on that yet. But I think that's where it's heading is to just make yeah, skidding that's an effectively how I've always played it. It's always been optional because it's always a conversation we have on whether or not that rule is on or off. Well, yeah, just like weather, just like weather. <laughs> Did both of our armies wait for this nice, beautiful, sunny day at noon to fight? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you are a dirty fed rat. I will see you in the field at 12 p.m. <laughs> Weather, weather permitting. permitting. <laughs> if it's raining, we'll choose another day. We'll be in touch. That's right. <laughs> How about a nice game yeah. of chess? All right. Well, I think that's it for Mech Bay weather forecasting. Fun times. Anyone want to send us home? You can contact us at the Mech Bay podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook, Discord, and Instagram. And a special thank you, as always, to our Patreons. Remember, if you have just too much free time or your Battletech turns are over way too fast, add some planetary conditions into your game to get that full immersive simulator experience. The hours will just melt into days. 